Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast. And on the podcast this week is another guest interview for you. I must admit, I am loving interviewing clients and other small business owners for the podcast. I think there's a lot we can learn from each other. So my guest today is Lucy Holland of Yoga by Lucy. Lucy is, you probably guessed by the name of her business, a yoga teacher offering yoga and mindfulness classes, workshops and events in Kent, London and the South East. And she's based just outside Seven Oaks. So welcome, Lucy. Hi, Marie. Thank you for having me on today. No problem. So can you explain a little bit more about what you actually do and who specifically that you help? So as you say, I'm a local yoga teacher. I trained and qualified in 2017 as a Yoga Alliance instructor. I set up my business and began teaching uh, literally about five days later. So I'd been wanting to do it for so long. I was so ready for it. I am a sole trader. I host and run my own classes. I began with group classes in hired venues, and then we converted part of the garage into a fully equipped home studio. So I now welcome private and semi-private students for lessons uh, outside the classes. I've got quite a variety of other offerings. It might be corporate well-being at work. I have additional training in menopause yoga and run workshops and sleep clinics for menopause. I do charity and fundraising classes. I have an online library of video classes. And who do I help? The majority of my clients are local to Seven Oaks area, unless they're online clients. And I cater really for a very broad variety of levels and abilities age-wise. I have taught from five to 85 years, uh, although on average, they're somewhere in the middle. That's that's quite a lot of things that you do. I'm guessing when you started out, you probably didn't do quite so many things. As you say, you started out with with a group and then over time you add on more and more things because there's more and more people that you can help. Um, can you explain a little bit about how you actually got into yoga in the first place? So that was a good while ago. I'm talking uh, late 90s, uh, just a few years after the first established yoga studios were starting to open in, in London or beyond, uh, before this explosion that we have of yoga on every street corner, uh, a close friend of mine invited me to join a class at her house with an amazing yoga teacher who's now retired. We were a very small group squeezed in between her piano and the sofa. Uh, I'd never done it before so I went in with a very open mind no expectations but for me there was an immediate connection both with this wonderful teacher and the practice and I wondered why I'd not done it before and I continued that same class for years right the way through both pregnancies uh, along the way discovering many inspirational teachers I still call myself a permanent student of yoga wherever I go hunting out a great yoga class yeah, I love to see your Instagram um, stories in particular where when you were away somewhere or, or even locally that you will actually show that you've been to a yoga class yourself. I think that's brilliant that people continue yeah, to learn. Yeah, always. <laughs> and can you 
for people who don't practice yoga, can you explain a little bit about the benefits of, of yoga um, and specifically for people who are sat at their desks um, or running their own businesses? Okay, so we don't have three hours on this podcast. I'll try and um, summarize it. There's a myriad of benefits um, and without delving too deep into the yoga philosophy side, uh, very simply put, yoga forms a union of three elements, uh, the body, breath, and mind, body, the movement that poses are known as asana, the breathing techniques and control that accompany that movement is known as pranayama. Prana means life energy. Yama means control. And the mindfulness that then naturally evolves from those two things. Uh, but everyone's approach to it is unique for some it's exercise. It's an hour a week, turn up to class and that's super beneficial. But for some, it's much more than that, a bigger picture, a way of life beyond just exercise. So I think of it as self-study, what does and doesn't serve you, how you treat yourself and how you treat others with compassion. Um, and in my own practice, what I encourage is yoga works so well as part of a more holistic approach where we balance it with other elements of our well-being, for example, good nutrition, getting quality sleep. Um, and yeah, many reasons I hear for coming to yoga about not being flexible, not being strong or balanced. That's the physical side or people can't switch off, constantly overwhelmed, can't sleep. Um, that's the mental, emotional side where things like breathing and meditation come in. Um, and then the second part of your question for busy entrepreneurs, I would just say to, it's not ideal to learn the foundations of yoga without attending a class, but, um, I'd be more inclined to encourage them maybe to prioritize to see if they're dedicating enough time to their self-care. Um, this idea of you can't pour from an empty cup, but, but certainly if time is short, it can be done in bite-sized sessions. You don't have to devote an hour to it, uh, making your intentions more realistic. Uh, in lockdown, I was asked to produce videos, shorter videos with busy people. I came up uh, with some online classes uh, and in corporate workshops, for example, I include simple stretching techniques for improving posture when you're sitting hunched over your computer. Um, breathing uh, exercises can be as short as five minutes and help reduce stress and improve focus. So, yeah, quite often I see a client in person, then we devise a program that they then take away and do in between all their other commitments before we meet again. I think that's really helpful, actually, because it's often difficult to do things for any great length of time especially if you've got family responsibilities as well as running your business and I think that is one of the great things about yoga is that once you actually know what to do is that you can practice it in between sessions in smaller bite-sized chunks um, rather than having to you know always go somewhere to actually keep it up in many ways. Yeah absolutely. And why did you decide to go from pupil to teacher um why did you and and indeed then start your own yoga business uh it, it was a, a mixture and overriding feeling i wanted to share 
my passion and my knowledge with others. Um, and after I had a work break, raising a family, uh, living overseas, I wanted to start over in a career where my work could be something I enjoyed rather than just a job where I was in control of my schedule to fit around my family. Uh, and I'm a big believer in work-life balance, so something that would allow that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think I see a lot of people who um, set up different businesses after they've had families and it's very much passion-led rather than, like you say, just a job. Or maybe, you know, their first career might well have been what they thought was going to be their passion. But actually, over time, they've realized that it hasn't necessarily become that way. And so starting up, you know, when you get a second chance to start your own business, doing something that you really enjoy and that you can, that you can share with others. And what are some of the most rewarding aspects of your teaching? There are so many rewarding aspects, really. I'd love to be able to make a difference in people's lives, um, it, whether it's introducing them to yoga for the first time, witnessing that light bulb moment um, like I had, or just sort of deepening and challenging their practice. Uh, receiving positive feedback is always wonderful, um, whether it's someone who said, they now sleep like a baby after coming to one of the sleep clinics and making a few changes. Um, so, yeah, the charity work I do uh, is also extremely rewarding. I run uh, regular mindfulness sessions for people with disabilities. And, yeah, just making a difference. Yeah, definitely. You certainly do that. Um and what were some of the challenges and difficulties that you faced when you were actually starting your business? I think deciding from the get-go to work alone was challenging. Uh, often teachers take, new teachers take the route of working in gyms or studios. And they build up their confidence in their client base. Um, running my own classes put all the onus on me. Uh, having to find venues, which isn't easy. Uh, creating my own classes and finding the students to fill them. Um, so ultimately it might've been easier to turn up to a venue and use their equipment and get paid no matter how many there were. Um, but that wasn't how I saw myself teaching. I also believe the industry doesn't always treat its yoga teachers fairly. And I wanted to avoid that. Uh, other challenges, it was physically demanding, uh, at first I could feel quite depleted teaching back-to-back -back classes. Over time I've built more, uh, I've developed more stamina streamline things um with my you uh, with the home studio i don't lug equipment around in my car to clients houses so much now and uh, another challenge was running the business teaching came naturally running the business didn't so that's uh, my training prepared for it a little bit but that's been a steep learning curve i think it is for so many business owners and probably the most challenging aspect that people find is finding the clients in the first place can you Explain a little bit about how you find clients and, and what you did, especially at the beginning. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm lucky to be living in a lovely village where there's a strong community. So word of mouth and personal recommendation has been definitely the most effective. Uh, mixed in with a few good old-fashioned ways, like printed dads in the local gazette, flies on notice boards. I still do that. 
Uh, and then um, obviously social media, my own adding events and information into local village and town Facebook sites uh, or events pages. Uh, collaborating works well, uh, where we can share client bases when I work together with other people. Yeah, I've certainly seen um, some great collaborations that you have done. I love the idea of uh, yoga and supper clubs, I think, in particular. <laughs> but it's it's great to work with other local businesses and effectively share your client bases because I guess something like that, working with a cooking apple, you have, you know, you're not competing with each other um, and you've got similar client bases and there will be some overlap, but I guess it's introducing new clients for both of you. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, those with a love of food and yoga. <laughs> that sounds a pretty good uh, combination. Um, I talked on a previous episode about the about getting clients to come back and how that is such a good thing for your business. Um, it sounds very obvious, but not something that people pay an awful lot of attention to. How do you do that? So I do have a, a loyal client base, uh, but I think it's about convincing those who don't know them already the benefits of yoga and how really a regular practice will make such a difference um, prioritizing their yoga time uh, and um, you know I encourage the booking of the weekly class for a whole term so they're committed and once they start to experience the benefits for themselves then usually they're they're hooked in um, uh, I try and make the classes accessible uh, I want a 30-something man to feel comfortable uh, as much as a 60-something woman, um, teens, everybody in between. Um, I like to make the classes fun. Yoga doesn't have to always be totally serious. So falling out of your tree pose and I say embrace the wobbles and we laugh. And then also just bringing a variety to what I teach, like the different events, bringing fun things in. That brings people back for sure. Definitely. And I presume you're running those events again this year, your sunset yogas and your yogas with wild swimming. I will. We were we were in the river this week with yoga class and a wild swim in the river. And uh, yeah, so it keeps things fun. It keeps things fresh. Uh, and yeah, being able to use the great outdoors when the weather improves also opens things up. Yeah, although sometimes quite tricky, I guess. <laughs> certainly, certainly being in uh, in the UK. Um, just moving on, you're one of my website clients, and why did you decide that you needed a new website first of all, and then why did you decide to choose me? So I actually used you second time round. Uh, first time round, I was a relatively new business. I didn't feel at that time I could justify the cost of a more professional website, so. My friend's son designed one, which uh, never really functioned as I quite wanted or needed it to or showcased my business. Uh, so once I felt more established, I decided investing in a better website would be more visible through attracting new clients, but make also my business more credible. That's where you came in. Um, we put the new website together uh, and it formed a better landing site, a platform with all the information in one place that I could share that highlighted the individual services 
that I offer, we created page for those different offerings, um, special events. And what difference do you think your new website has made to your business? I definitely find it easier if I'm being uh, asked for information or I'm starting a new project is I share just the website link with people and it gives them everything I want them to know about my teaching from testimonials to timetables and you know everything there is in in one place and 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 I know the website is more visible than my old one uh, I'm certainly getting more uh, contact form requests and things like that I think it's one of the things that people don't always realize with a website is one of the benefits of a website is actually saving you time so having that information is easily accessible to people and easy for them to uh, to read and to find saves you the job of of having to answer lots of queries about what time is it where is it when we've got things like maps on the website of where you hold your your different classes i think that's one of the benefits that people often don't realize they often think of a website as being for seo a tool to get found on google but actually it can do so much more than that and actually there is another episode uh, a couple of weeks ago which was specifically on those kind of benefits of a website um before we get on to the final few questions can you let people know um where they can find you your your website and your your social handles i work and live uh, in Shoreham Village, which is five miles north of Seven Oaks, it's where my main group classes are and my private studio. And then my events around the local area. And sometimes I work in London and the southeast, a little bit further away. My website that you designed for me is www.yogabylucy.co.uk. Uh, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Yoga by Lucy and my online classes are on YouTube Yoga by Lucy brilliant thank you for that I will put those in the show yeah. notes and final few questions first of all which are your favorite podcasts to listen to so they're quite often yoga related or well-being related um one particular one I'm been listening to at the moment is called just one thing by Dr Michael Mosley and they're short, they're bite-sized ones, about 15 minutes. Um, and they're called Little Things to Improve Your Health and Wellbeing. Anything from sleep to gut health to Tai Chi, cutting out sugar. Yes, all those great things that we should be doing. That It's always good to be reminded of them in a podcast. And what's your favourite business book? I don't tend to enjoy generic how to succeed at books. So I do a lot of self-study and I prefer books that are relevant to my business, to my teaching. I did in and out of several at a time. Currently, I'm looking at The XX Brain by Dr. Lisa Moscone. Uh, it's the, about the uh, hows and whys of aging of women's brains and the prevention of dementia. And there are quite strong connections with mindfulness and yoga in that. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds like a really fascinating book to read, actually. Definitely, definitely want to add to the list for, for this summer. And finally, a bit of advice for anybody running their own business. I just say to succeed takes time, takes dedication. So trying to set yourself up in a business where you can be your own authentic self, where you can share something that you feel passionate about. 
for me, it's very much, I preach what I practice and I practice what I preach. That's really good advice. Thank you so much, Lucy. That's been uh, wonderful to hear you today. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Marie. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.